guys. Welcome to the Rooted TCK podcast, where we unpack the pressures of TCK life to grow deeper in faith, friendships, and confidence that God cares about every part of our stories. I'm your host, Michelle Ellis. And I'm our co-host, Colton Schrader. And we just want to thank you for joining us in today's conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, TCK fam. Uh, we're super excited to be with you for episode four of the Rooted TCK podcast. And we have a super important special guest today, one that you all know, but we are really excited to dig in a little bit deeper with him today and uh, maybe get you some stories, the inside scoop, as they say, uh, in, in our world that we're not actually very well acquainted with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, we're going to get you the inside scoop on some of Buana Chad's story, his uh, some of his testimony, some of his fun stories about being an MK, and uh, dig a little bit deeper into hearing about who he is and why he does what he does and why he loves you guys so much and and uh, why you should listen to him when he gives you good, wise, <laughs> yeah. sage Buana counsel. That's right. Welcome, Buana. <laughs> well, thank you. Let me say it is a delight to be here and to be hanging out with you guys, all of you TCKs that are listening right now, but... Uh, especially uh, with uh, Michelle and Colton here talking things through. So it's fun to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So to kick things off, we'd we'd love to, I guess, start out by hearing a little bit of your MK, your TCK background. My TCK background. Uh, I think most of you guys probably know I am third generation. So uh, my dad was also a TCK. Uh, My grandparents moved to Nigeria in 1939 in the middle of World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, Then my parents became missionaries back to Nigeria in 1960. And uh, I was born, uh, actually they had to be evacuated because of the Civil War in Nigeria, the Biafra War, which was the second time my dad was evacuated from Nigeria. Um, But I was born during that, that time. So I was born in Florida. So people ask me where I was born. I was born in Lake Wales, Florida, which, you know, until maybe eight years ago, I couldn't even told you where Lake Wales, Florida was. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even know. Like I hadn't been back since I was born until I scheduled a service with the AG Church there. I was like, I'm in Florida and I was born there. Wow. Can I come to a church service? <laughs> and they support me now. That's great. <laughs> Um, That's awesome. So I was in Florida until I was like two months old, and okay. then we moved back to Africa. Okay. So my parents, uh, we did a six-year term, my first term, uh, and so I started out in Botswana and Zimbabwe and South Africa for those six years. So we did a year in Botswana, a year in Zimbabwe, and then four years in South Africa. Um, so. I always tell people I love languages, mm-hmm. and my first foreign language was Afrikaans. Uh, I learned Afrikaans just as a, a little, you know, little kid. Uh, but when I moved back to the states, I was a little over six years old. For those of you that don't know, South Africa is on a, it's on an odd school schedule. Mm-hmm. So they go from like January to December, instead of from you know August, August. to June. Yeah. So I did all the way through like the end of first grade or something like that. And then I got back to the States and I had to redo six months of first grade (laughs) because it was an odd schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I got made fun of so much Mm. because I had 
that Afrikaans accent. If you've ever heard people mm-hmm. speak Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. And so here I moved back to the United States and and we were living my parents' home district was Illinois, so somewhere yeah. in Illinois. Don't ask me where because I have sure. no idea. <laughs> I, I know Illinois is a state in America. Yeah. There um, you go. <laughs> so somewhere in Illinois we were living and I got made fun of so much. And you were how old at, at that I point? I was about seven okay. when I moved back. Almost okay. seven well, years old. So I well, lost that accent so quick. Like yeah, I, I'm I had sure. to work at it. So now I love accents yeah. and I love, you know, having fun with it. And um, and share a fun fact of your your whole name, which I don't know my that whole name. yeah, I don't know that some people yeah, know. Yeah, so this. I do have four names. Uh, I have two middle names. Mm-hmm. So Chad Burns. Mm-hmm. Burns was my grandpa's first name. Uh, but I have an Igbo name from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. it's Chikwe is my middle name. Matter of fact, uh, I'm pointing out my license plate up there to yeah. uh, to our, our folks here that uh, has my middle name on there. So Chad Burns Chikwe Phillips. Yeah. Chikwe is Igbo and it means God is alive or cool. literally God be. Wow. Um, so you heard it here first. Now you're required to call him Buana Chad Burns Chikwe Phillips. Uh, the full name <laughs> will do and nothing else. Uh, nothing shorter, please. So if you remember <laughs> yeah, that's that, right. every time, that's, that's the only respectful way to refer to, to Buana now. The, so. my, my, all my good friends from college, like my MK friends, like they all call me Chikwe. Mm. So that's awesome. Or cheeky or cheeks. Uh, any any of that. <laughs> cheeky is fitting. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I know who's on the phone by, you know. Yeah, yeah. What they call you. What they call me. Sure. Yeah. That's fun because the only nicknames I got were Cholo Gringo and uh, Capitan America. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So I did those first few years in Africa. Yeah. And then uh, my parents switched regions and we moved to the Netherlands. And I'll never forget getting off the plane the first time, seven years old, in Amsterdam. Wow. Now, if you know anything about South Africa, South Africa is a gorgeous country. Yeah. Beaches, nice weather, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, And then I got off the plane in Amsterdam, and it was raining. Oh, no. And (laughs) it rained for months. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, literally, that's just, we, we went from one of the sunniest, most beautiful countries on earth now, I love Holland, and it's yes. beautiful, but it is overcast a lot. Yeah. And that just really stuck out in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a huge transition for us to move to Europe from Africa. Totally different mindset, yeah. uh, different group of people. Yeah. Um, but now yeah. I spent um, basically the all the rest of my school years in the netherlands we had mm-hmm. one year of itineration back in illinois that time we were in carlinville i remember that okay there you go. <laughs> i was old enough to remember that um i think it was sixth grade i did sixth grade in carlinville illinois wow so and i it's so funny because you have these odd memories as a kid going to that public school in carlinville and you know, I could leave campus. My parents signed something so I could leave campus and go eat in town. So I'd walk yeah. across the street and go into an old, uh, what, uh, it's not a pharmacy, but it, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, like a corner store type Yeah, thing. they had mm-hmm. a soda shop. So yeah, I could yeah. go in there and order food. And, and it was so foreign to me being in the States, but I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I yeah. loved it. So yeah. uh, moved back to Europe. Um, I did two years at a international school, mm-hmm. 
uh, for those of you guys uh, that want to look it up, I did two years at a school called Beverviert. Okay. You should look it up online. It is a 12th century castle oh, wow. so, with that's a moat cool. around it. Oh, so, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's really that's cool because awesome. my brother got thrown in at least once a week. So that was really fun. Yeah, that makes it and, extra and cool. And there were alligators cool. in there too. Yeah, no, so, no, no, no yes. alligators. But there is a moat. You can look it up. That's cool. Beverviert, B-E-V-E-R-D-W-E-E-R-D. Mm-hmm. So look it up. I've looked it up. The pictures are gorgeous. I bet. Um, but it is a legit castle. And I remember sitting in the classroom, and it's so old, they had net hanging underneath the ceiling because it was plaster. That's really And every funny. once in a while, the plaster would break off, and it would drop down. So Man. Slap a kid in the head. Yeah, slap a kid yeah. in the head. Way down, yeah. That's an experience yeah. for sure. It was different. But also on the flip side, it was a very Dutch school. Mm. And I thought it was so odd because my teachers would smoke in class while oh, they're wow. teaching. Interesting. They had cigarettes. They had pipes. Yeah. And uh, just so funny. being young at the time, I didn't know. The first, I took a pottery class, hmm. and the first piece of pottery I made for my parents was an ashtray. <laughs> I mean, what, what else do you make for your parents? Of course, yeah. And, when and then I made my seeing. dad a pipe. Like, <laughs> I guess uh, I didn't actually put it together that my parents didn't. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Smoke. Yeah. All the other leadership did. That's so, so funny. Uh, it was. All the, all the AG leadership no, in Amsterdam, yeah. or is that. The... All the school leadership. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Which Definitely were... not AG. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I was like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it could be a cultural thing. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. So, I had graduated high school then from a school called the American School of The Hague. Loved it. Had a great uh, TCK experience. Um, but I, you know, even in high school, I couldn't wait to get back to America. And it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you learn later yeah. that you're forever like, no matter where I was in the world, I was always looking forward to getting to the, the other place. Yeah. Whether I you mm-hmm. know, was looking forward to getting back to the States. Yeah. Well, then when I got back to the States, I'm like, man, I want to go back to Holland. Right. Because I missed my stuff, my the foods that I love, yeah. which many of you listening you know, you're going to miss certain foods that you have available now that you're not going to have later. Yeah. Black licorice. Ugh. Oh, I have some here. If oh, you want no, some. we're good. I got some great <laughs> Thank stuff. You. Double salt. No, I've been a chief. I've done eating, <laughs> eating ministry. I don't need to relive that. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, moving back to the States, you know, I, it seems like for so long, we're just so anxious to move Yeah. that that is the exciting thing. Uh, but then I got back to the States. I'm like, man, I really, I miss Europe. I miss yeah. Holland. And so there's, I think for MKs, there's forever that tension of mm-hmm. where we are versus where we're from and yeah. where we want to be. Right. And right. I've heard it said that uh, MKs feel the most at home in an airport. Right. You're either going to <laughs> or from the place, yeah. you know, their home country and the place where they live. That's when they're the mm-hmm. the happiest sure, and most at home. Sure, that in-between. Yeah. So with all of those experiences, like what are what are ways that, that you learn to navigate and handle and deal with some of those challenges and transitions and yeah. culture shocks and the missing the different things? Yeah, you know, culture shock is a crazy thing. Um, as I was thinking about this podcast, I, was, I remember when I first got to university, and I mean – it was probably one or two years at university. I remember going off campus and going to a mall or a shopping center or just being even at church out with friends. And I would get so anxious that I wanted to get back to my dorm room. Mm. 
Like I felt I would get anxious being out and felt like I needed to get back to my dorm room, yeah. which seemed crazy because then I get back to my dorm room and I remember sitting there thinking, why was I in such a hurry to get back here? Yeah. Right. But what I didn't realize, I was going through culture shock mm. mm-hmm. and it was like my safety zone. I felt safe there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I wasn't safe anywhere, but right. uh, I had a piece when I got back on campus I got to my dorm room and I would sit there for like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, now I can go do something else. Yeah. But it was just an odd feeling. Yeah. And that is culture shock. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of our our MKs go through that now on the field mm-hmm. where it's hard to, to get out because you feel safe and comfortable in your own home. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But really to adjust to any culture, we have to get out. And yeah. We have to do things and... And it's just, it's a process, I think, where you spend a little bit more time each time doing things, mm-hmm. um, getting out and experiencing the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And because hearing you, what you're saying isn't about necessarily like the physical safety aspect, oh, but right, it's more right. just the, you know, when you were feeling out of place and you'd go out, just feeling that feeling of being out of place and that yeah. sometimes anxiety with those questions that we get, you know, that sometimes just stop us in our tracks of where are you from and hey you know we were just joking about this beforehand have you seen this movie and you haven't because you've been overseas you know and those those things that just kind of produce this feeling of like i'm i'm out of place but then when you're home in your your dorm or your house you're just able to relax a little bit of like i don't have to explain myself i can just sort of be and it took me years to realize i had gone through culture shock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm not I'm one that loves cultures. I love yeah. languages. I love mm-hmm. experiencing different things. But when you, when I moved, like I moved away from my family, I moved to college, um, all that stability was now gone. Mm-hmm. And so I I sensed it that things were different. So yeah, it was a unique, unique experience. And I'll tell you, so for me, the biggest thing about transition and how do you... How do you engage? Uh, for me, it's all about getting involved in a local church. Mm-hmm. And I say that That's all good. the time when, you know, Thanksgiving retreat is coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're, uh, by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be in November. Yeah. We're just praying that COVID doesn't hinder anything, that right. it can still happen. Um, but the uh, time in college, I, I share this with all of our college students every year. Yeah. The probably the biggest thing that I did was I just decided on a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally my first week, first week of college, I just I said, well, I'm here for the next four years. Mm-hmm. And so literally I went to one of the largest churches in in the town. I, I didn't have a reference. Like I didn't go from church to church to church to church. I just mm-hmm. chose a church. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna make this my home church. And I yep. went in and I met the youth pastor. I didn't feel called to youth ministry, mm-hmm. but you know, during welcome week, they all, at this uh, university, they were like, you need to be involved in a local church. So I'm like, okay. So I did, I just went and said, I'm here. What can I do? Like I'm here for four years. And yeah. they put me in charge of junior high boys Sunday school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for four years, I taught junior high boys Sunday school. And like, we didn't have Sunday school ca- class in Holland. So I went from never being in Sunday school 
to walking into church in the States and they're like, yeah, we'll put you in charge of junior high boys Sunday school. <laughs> right. And so I learned and yeah. they Which gave maybe me curriculum. Even, you know, that's maybe even a positive thing, though, because, you know, sometimes we get so blinded by the, you know, the, the things that we know and the, the one way that we know that things can be done, you know, but you, yeah. you came into that experience with so many other understandings of how ministry can look, you know, too. And, and I think, man, maybe you even brought brought a little something with your MK experience, too. Not to say that there's like, oh, we, we can always just come in and fix systems and, and everything yeah. we know better or any of that. But it's just like you had that diversity of yeah. understanding of how that kind of ministry could look, you know. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, especially for MKs, we talk through this. I mean, you've you've sat in those sessions with me where yeah. we expect certain things from the American church and we have certain mm-hmm. struggles. Like, why do they do it this way? Why can't they do it? You know, back in Peru, we did it this way. Sure. And, uh, you know, back in Argentina, yeah. it was, you know. Um, but every culture does church different. Mm-hmm. And our MKs have to recognize it's a cultural thing. Yeah, It's not right or wrong. Like, they're trying yeah. to reach their culture. Mm-hmm. And so how do we come in and really come into their culture mm-hmm. and learn from them instead mm-hmm. of coming in saying, well, back where I came from. Right. Uh, and, I'll, I, you know, one of my favorite stories was at ski retreat when I asked freshmen, mm-hmm. um, I asked them, how are you engaging in the American church? Mm. And I'll never forget one, one person uh, said, man, I can't stand the American church. It's so dead. It's so, you know, and they were just going on about how they didn't like the American church. And then another MK looked at them and said, are you crazy? The American church is awesome. It's full of life <laughs> yeah. and worship. And what's funny is the first one was a LAC MK and the second one was a Russia MK. Sure. So yeah. like their uh-huh. whole perception yeah. is different about the American church based on where yeah. they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And our whether we like it or not, our history and our culture mm-hmm. influences how we perceive where we're going to. Yeah. And we put a lot of expectations on the American culture that we would never put mm-hmm. on yeah. a different culture because, you know, it's we, we just have expectations for it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But getting involved in a local church, it grounded me. It mm-hmm. rooted me. Um, it got me off the college campus and I got to meet people. Yeah. Um, now... Were there things that drove me nuts? Yeah, certainly. Um, there is no such thing, obviously, as a perfect church. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. uh, MK is coming back to the States, it's like, God, how can you use me? Like, right. I'm here and I'm willing to be an investment. And I still know some of those kids from that youth group. We have some of them yeah. that went in, went into missions and yeah. are missionaries to this day with HW. And I was their Sunday school teacher. That's awesome. Uh, That's back cool. then. So it's yeah. kind of fun to, yeah. to see that investment. Yeah. You never, you never know how God is going to use some of those, yeah. those moments. And I think the, the more experiences you've had, the longer you've lived, you see how he uses, he uses all of it. He uses all of those bits and pieces that don't always make sense. We don't always know how it's going to fit together. Um, you know, but I think that's, that's great perspective of getting plugged in and finding, finding a church family, you know, because I think it can be so common for us in our missionary worlds to, to grow up with our missionary family in, in a lot of instances. And, and then when you make that transition, you know, you do kind of just feel like you're floating and, and who understands me, who's there for me. So to find a, a church family, you know, who, who really loves you and supports you and can help guide you as you continue in, in what God is 
leading you into. Yeah, and I, I would just say, you know, if you're looking at transitioning somewhere, recognize you're not going to find the perfect church. Yeah. You know, you can try out a few different churches, but eventually just decide. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go here mm-hmm. and be committed to it. Mm-hmm. Like every every opportunity um be in church. I you know, I did Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night just because I had committed to it. This was back in the day when we did all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't it doesn't you don't it doesn't have to be perfect or ideal or like the one back home. Mm-hmm. Just here I am, use me. And you know, yeah. we're talking transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, that's probably the best thing you can do in transition yeah because you get to meet people mm-hmm. yeah and we need we need people we need to learn their culture and until we develop relationship with people yeah. in that culture it'll always be a struggle for us yeah. and when you think of it on the flip side i mean that's what our families are doing when they're first entering the field is is they're going and they're they're looking for ways to get plugged in and get involved and understand a new country new culture and having having the nationals, having the people come alongside them and be that community to guide them, that's that's exactly how how we're functioning on the field, you know. So yeah. this is just kind of in a, a reverse And it helps to think that way. It yeah. helps, you know, when you when you're coming back to the States to think of it as a foreign culture mm-hmm. and how can I invest in this culture? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't go to Peru or Argentina and say you guys should be doing it the way we do it back in America. Right. You know, as missionaries, that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. We go there and we learn the culture. Mm-hmm. We figure out why they function the way they function. Then how can we come in and help them in their setting, in their context, in their culture, help them build their church? Yeah. So when we come back to the States, it's that same, it's that same mentality. You know, mm-hmm. how do I learn their context, their culture? And mm-hmm. we are you know tck's we're third culture kids Mm -hmm. so our culture is different Mm -hmm. than than the american culture i have a different perspective Mm -hmm. so i can't just come in and think i have the answers i don't even know their culture yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know what makes them tick and I, i don't know you know pastors that are trying to reach their city i don't know the ins and outs of that city i don't right. know the ins and outs of the demographics of who they're trying to reach or minister to Hmm. And it just takes time. It takes yeah. time and engaging with them, getting to know people. When I um, when I moved to college, and I'll probably get into this at some point again, uh, maybe in a little more depth on on the podcast. But when I made that initial move to college, um, I had dropped my parents off at the airport the week before, and then I was uh, staying in Cincinnati, and we were going to drive up to Dayton where I was going to go to school. And um, I had to borrow a friend's van and then stuffed all, everything I owned into a trailer that I borrowed, too. And their van was falling apart. They had this little, it was nasty, they had a little, like, compartment full of uh, nail clippings that would Ooh. bounce. It was, like, a gross van. Gross. Nasty, <laughs> nasty van, okay? So were they and toenails or fingernails? I don't know. And <laughs> I and, and, and I didn't look so long gross. enough to figure it out. Uh, every time you hit a speed bump, you know, oh, every, no. it would all fly. Yeah, so absolutely disgusting. The van was old, the, you know, the... The, uh, the gas gauge didn't work. The speedometer didn't work. The, the brake lights hooked up on the trailer didn't work. You know, and I'm just like driving myself to college. My parents are in Peru now and, you know, all this stuff. And, and uh, I, I get there and uh, the, the place that I was moving into, the, the wall had been demoed that, uh, that separated my kitchen from the woods the night before. And um, demolished. Demolished. Yeah. Didn't exist. <laughs> and, uh, and I walk in. No one told me. 
I walk in and uh, and literally I could see the woods through my kitchen. Uh, none of the appliances worked. None of like everything was just falling apart. The windows were weren't cocked properly. There were all sorts of like there's a, a half inch thick layer of dust and drywall everywhere in the apartment. And um, the guys I was living with were were Kappa guys that I didn't really know at the time. I just met them a few days before, and um, we had to the the guy in charge at the time turned around and looked at us and you know and said. Uh, my wife's going into labor. They just they found water damage and demoed the wall. He said, "My wife's going into labor. I can't do anything about this. Fix it." And then he walked out. <laughs> and um, you know, I like burst. You know, I like almost almost I mean, inside. I burst into tears. You know, like kind of thing. And my sister, thank God, was there. And there was trash there that had been heaped up in the closets from five generations of people who had lived in this this Gross. apartment. Way to go, Abby. And, uh, way to be a support. Well, this was Hannah. Hannah. But Hannah. Yeah. Way to go, <laughs> Abby. Hannah. Abby yeah. would have been a huge support. <laughs> Abby's got a, a gift for the organization for organizational stuff, but. Um, so Hannah came in and cleaned up my closets and cleaned the maggots out of my sink and all this oh, stuff. And, and the guys that, the reason I'm saying this, the guys that I was with were, were these Kyle guys that I didn't know very well at the time, but we had to, we had to learn how to, uh, how to insulate and hang drywall. Um, and we did that and we, we, then the oven didn't work. And so we, we literally learned the electric. We Frankenstein this oven, got the stove working. We hooked up to, you know, did all sorts of stuff. I had no clue who these guys were, but the fact that we had to do something together, um, right at first, man, it was a, it at the, in the moment it 100% felt like a curse, (laughs) but you know, but looking back now, I recognize even though it was challenging and they were clear, there were clearly kind of areas where people dropped the ball. Um, those guys, uh, I just spent eight months living in one of their guest rooms for free while I was itinerating because I lost my job during COVID and I was trying to raise my budget and they supported me. They were sneaking, you know, money into my clean laundry and doing all this sorts of stuff. But it's like, those were the guys that sustained me mm. in my loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and in the challenges of, you know, mm-hmm. of being far from home and all this stuff. And like, we were that tight because we, we, I mean, I, I got to college and we, and, and we had to problem solve, you know, it was like yeah. immediately, you know, and, and, uh, and the guy that helped me learn to hang the drywall, you know, we're, we're super, super tight, but it was that, that initial, I didn't really have a choice, um, you know, but we were kind of thrust into the thick mm-hmm. of it together. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that moment, that set of, of days or, you know, you know, not having AC and, and worrying that a deer was going to wander into our living room at night, uh, you know, until we got Man. literally until we got the wall, you know, the, Lord the wall provides. Hung, and, the you Lord know, provides. if you're hungry, sleeping, good sleeping on, on a mattress on the floor, you know, for for months. And um, it it was the best thing that could have happened, you know, because it was that immediate like we have to become community. Mm-hmm. And um, I told that to my little brother, Will, recently, not that he really needed my advice because he's super wise and and um just really makes friends easily and just a good guy but you know it's like going to college what's my number one piece of advice go you know become part of the community Mm -hmm. you know like exactly don't 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 be the victim you know just enjoy the fact that there are good things for you here you know and it's going to be hard for a season and and then you're going to make friends you know and and it's like but you gotta you gotta go to stuff you know, yeah. and I'll say you'll make mistakes. Oh yeah, you'll not yeah. understand cultural clues. You'll say things that <clears throat> I I I could go through so many things that I said or did that <clears throat> at the time I didn't realize were culturally hmm. like just not what they would do. Um, but 
you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. It's like learning a language. Yeah. You can't learn a language if, if you don't make mistakes. Yeah. Right. So when you come back, don't expect to have everything all put together. Recognize that ah, I'm going to mm-hmm. make mistakes. I'm going to say things yeah. maybe that might not fit that culture. Yeah. And, you know, it just takes us time to realize, oh, they do things different. They wouldn't yeah. say that or they have this context for that word. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. words that have different meanings. Yeah. It's like in Latin America, you can yes. have one word, <laughs> right. but in every country, mm-hmm. that same word means something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. Wow. <laughs> uh, how freeing what is really? that? Because yeah. we're not. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely. Not. And I, I think it's helpful to find a balance between having our our cultural guides, you know, whatever country we may find ourselves in, have someone from that culture, that country who can help us to navigate the things we don't understand. But I think too, having, so having that, but also having our our MK friends who can understand the uniqueness of these experiences and be someone who can also help guide us. You know, some of us have, have gone before, like I know, you know, I, I used to work with you in the MK office and I remember MKs would come by and sometimes just ask, you know, they had just come to the States from their country and they would just ask questions, not understanding the culture, you know? So I think when, when appropriate, lean into this community and ask those questions to some of us who've walked it before of like, is this okay? (laughs) That's a great thought to, uh, connect with your MK community. Um, Thanksgiving retreat is huge. Um, I would encourage you don't miss that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. We, we, sit down we debrief mm-hmm. with all of our freshmen coming back mm-hmm. how are you doing how are you engaging what is helping you survive so for some that are really struggling they're sitting there listening to their peers how are you surviving like yeah. what's what's how are you getting your strength mm-hmm. um and it's just a great support system and my support system uh, at college were my mk friends yeah that i'm still friends with to this day mm-hmm. yeah um, many Many, many of you may know their names because mm-hmm. they're missionaries around the world today. Yeah. Um, but those are some of my best friends and they helped me get through life. I did the summer program. I worked school of missions. Yeah. And those weeks together, the relationships that we formed and investing in the next generation, it yeah. helped me understand myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a process of, of when we give and we invest that uh, God really invests in us and we learn ourselves and we grow ourselves yeah. Yeah. Uh, by investing in, in other MKs. Yeah. Well, w- and I'm wondering too, if I could jump back real quick, even just a thought to the whole ski retreat uh, thing that you were talking about where you, you, know, you, you have that information that you've kind of, you've surveyed some people who have gone through this and oh, they've, yeah. they've given you answers about how they're surviving and things that have worked healthy coping mechanisms. I'm wondering if maybe we could get some of that information and post it as a blog on our, on our website. Um, you know, sure. as a resource, as a, as a, an add on to what we're doing now. Cause that's the whole point of what we're, what we're doing is we want to give you guys practical tools, resources that you can use that, yeah. um, you know, aren't necessarily just ambiguous kind of spiritual wisdom that is helpful a lot of times, but this is like a, if you're going through this, you know, think about maybe trying, you know, this thing or, you know, yeah. if yeah. this is something that you're struggling with or, or this is something that you're feeling, here are things that have worked for other people. I'm wondering if maybe we can we can yeah. glean some of that info and, and, and pull it into maybe an article or a blog that yeah. and I know can that look at. Michelle has sat through it because I do one evening with all the freshmen and we'll mm-hmm. have 40 or 50 mm-hmm. freshmen. Yeah. And then on the very last day, I meet with all the 
graduating seniors, seniors yeah. the one who's it's their last year yeah mm-hmm. and so with the freshmen we talk about you know how they're surviving and then with the seniors we're like okay you've you've been in this mm-hmm. uh how are you doing now mm-hmm. and what is your advice for us yeah um yeah. how would you like to see us change and it's really an emotional time yeah and yeah i try to have executive committee members like if someone's at ski retreat i try right. to have them in yeah. in that session uh, yep. because they're really uh grateful mm-hmm. to agwm for the yeah. investment that agwm makes mm-hmm. um, but it's it's amazing to see the contrast how our our mks have grown and developed yeah. from what they think is impossible their freshman year mm-hmm. to now they're graduated and you know starting regular yeah. life um, it's awesome to see how God has worked in their life over those four or yes. five years. Yeah. And even what you said of, you know, then investing in the next generation. I was reading this morning in Second Corinthians 1 about, you know, praise God of the praise God of all comfort and how, you know, he comforts us so we can comfort others. And and I think of, of exactly that in our MK community because that's so much of how we function is, new generations of MKs constantly then giving back, you know, and to be able to use our experiences and our times of, yeah, I remember my, my freshman year back in the States in college, it was hard, you know, and these were the things that were hard about it, but these were the things that helped. How can I help you? You know, all of those things. It just is such a, an example of how, how we're meant to function as a body of Christ, as body of believers, body of MKs and missionaries, you know, that's, that's a healthy model for us. And I would say, uh, for you kids coming back to the States for college, know that as an office, we're here to help you. Yeah. Like we travel, we make trips to the different schools and regions in America, Mm -hmm. take you out for meals. I don't think we ever made it to Ohio. I'm I'm so I don't think sorry. so. Now we've did. got a, uh, we do have what the uh, Ohio Ministry Network now has their southeastern campus. Oh, yeah. Up there too. So yeah. maybe that'll oh. be enough. We do, we have some Chi Alpha, a yeah. lot of Chi Alpha groups in Ohio, but I don't think we've had an AG school. I know it's harder to visit. Yeah. There's so many Kaifas out there. You well, can't we make do it, try and get to them. the various places where we have yeah. concentrations yeah. on yes. the days. And we do, we do meals. Um, yeah. We take them out. We do one on ones, lots of coffees. Yeah. Uh, but we're here for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if you're struggling with your transition, mm-hmm. uh, number one, I would say lean into the Lord mm-hmm. and allow him to give you peace and comfort. Uh, but number two, give us a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know because, you know, we're, we're here to support you. And mm-hmm. we have adult MKs, yeah. chiefs, mm-hmm. that will gladly contact you as well and just help you walk through that transition. Yeah. So yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. Transition is not easy. And yeah. if you're mm-hmm. struggling right now with transition, uh, feeling lonely or um, that you're just not fitting in, just know that you're not alone. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. contact, um, you know, if you're in LAC, you can contact Michelle or yeah. Colton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a whole group of people. And if, if um, you know, if, if you want to talk to someone else, like we can put you in touch with people mm-hmm. that can help. Yes. Help you walk through it. Um, if you feel like you need counseling, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to the tckcounseling.com website right. and mm-hmm. we have MKs that are counselors on there mm-hmm. that are available to you yeah. and they will help walk you through it. So yeah, lots of resources. I available. think the, I think the moral of the story here, if we can kind of begin to wrap up, 
but uh, looking over this whole conversation and this motif that we want you guys to see too is this idea that um, there are many, many people who have been where you are and come out uh, thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we are part of the goal of this is to create uh, that understanding, um, that community that you can you can see and hear from all these incredible people. There are people, uh, honestly, you know, who who this life, the, the struggles of MK life, it it it's it's crushed them, you know. And then there are people who uh, who have thrived, and and we're trying to 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 glean from this wisdom mm-hmm. of you know an understanding yeah. that you it doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be the end for you. Yeah. You know, these, these struggles don't have to be crippling. Yeah. That's um, not saying they're not difficult. Oh, like they're right. super hard. There can yeah. be yeah. struggles and yeah. that's okay to struggle with things. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just don't get stuck in the weeds. Yeah. Yes. And, and don't, yeah. don't struggle alone, you know? And yes. I, I think hearing some of this, the other thing that's kind of coming to mind too, is I think sometimes as MKs, especially the, the longer we've possibly been on the field and the more that we have gone through transition, Sometimes there can almost be this like sense of shame when you're going through transition again and it's hard because you're like, I should know how to do this. I should be okay. I've done it before, but every transition looks different and there's different elements. So even in that instance, reach out and talk to someone because life is full of transitions, (laughs) MKs or not, it's full of transitions and you know, it's, it's all the, it's the unknowns and that's, that's hard. You know, as we were sitting around here talking mm-hmm. at the beginning, we were talking about the different foods Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a foodie. I love, you know, uh, trying different foods I get along. around the world, <laughs> but there was a restaurant in Chiang Mai, Thailand called Sojo's Cafe mm-hmm. and they had a phrase that I stole and put on one of my shirts, uh, but it going. said, savor the journey. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know. <laughs> It's a journey. Yeah. Life is a journey and savor it. Yeah. Uh, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Like when you move back to the States, when you move somewhere else, right now, you're, you, all you can think of is the difficult challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you move, you're going to miss it. I'll never yeah. forget when I was in Brussels, uh, Belgium, we were youth pastoring there. There was a family that moved there. And one young lady came. She was a senior in high school and they moved from Canada to Belgium. And she was so upset at her parents. She was miserable all Mm. year. I mean, she was full of anger. Mm. But I'll never forget talking with her in March, right towards the end of her senior year. And she was crying. She's like, I can't believe I've wasted this this year. This is the most amazing place. And I love it. And now I've only Mm. got two months left and I'm going to have to move back. Mm -hmm. And so it took her that long to realize that it was a, a great place and yeah. she could make great friends. Yeah. So, you know, savor the journey. Yeah. Uh, jump in. Don't don't ruin those opportunities. Recognize yeah. there might be challenging times, but man, there's some amazing things yeah. no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. So what would, you know, because we also have um, parents that follow along and tune in to this podcast um, just to try to glean some wisdom and understand, you know, the challenges their, their MKs so are going through. I should be careful through. what I say. Yes. No. <laughs> we should have told them that before no. we started. Yeah. But what, you know, obviously we, we want to encourage our MKs, but for yes. our parents who are tuning in and listening and yeah. they're learning how to be parents to MKs and learning to parent, you know, their children who are going through experience that they didn't necessarily have to yeah. go through. Yeah. What, what advice or encouragement would you give to 
parents who are watching their kids in transition or coming up on transition or yeah, whatever it may say, look like. You know, we have amazing families out there. We have yeah. amazing parents walking their kids mm-hmm. through it, but it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, transition is difficult. Uh, I'm the eternal optimist, mm-hmm. uh, but not everybody is. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to to see the the good in things. Uh, recognize that your kids will go through um, culture shock. Mm-hmm. They're going to go through some difficult times. They're going to have some lonely times. Um, but also recognize that it's okay um, mm-hmm. because they need to navigate through where they're going. They need mm-hmm. to have those moments. Yeah. Um, but stay engaged with them. No matter no matter where they are, what they're doing, stay engaged. Uh, learn how to ask uh, mm-hmm. probing questions mm-hmm. um, learn how to uh, help them y- you never stop parenting yeah you never stop parenting uh, mm-hmm. there's a Facebook group called release to fly mm-hmm. which is hosted by one of our own uh, Pam Morton hosts that mm-hmm. um, cool. so you can join that group and it's all about helping your your kids transition to college um, but also for parents we're here and if if you have questions or you feel like your kids need some extra support let us know yeah. and we will reach out mm-hmm. and i love i love that you said that buona and i i don't uh i don't pretend to be any expert in parenting i'm 24 so <laughs> um but i i do my my degree was in business management we had to study a bunch of different forms of leadership and, and leadership theory and one of the prevailing uh ideas in leadership theory uh currently is is this idea that um your team or uh, you know, the people that, that you are tasked with leading, they perform to the degree that you believe in them. And, um, and not in every single situation does that work. You know, sometimes there are extenuating circumstances and things that come up, but, um, but there's this idea that if you believe in the people that, uh, that you're leading, you know, then, um, then they will, they'll live up to that because it it affects your expectations of them. It affects the way that you treat them and the things that you trust them with and the way that you speak to them because you speak to them in a way that's encouraging and, and future thinking and, you know, and all these things. And, and it was like, that's something that I've been thinking about, you know, a lot with this podcast and, and, uh, what we want you to know from our side, you know, is this whole idea is that we, we believe in you Mm -hmm. and we, we have made it our goal and our, our purpose, uh, throughout this time to, uh, to make these resources available to you because we believe that you're capable of succeeding. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's that same idea that you're talking about with parenting is that don't give up, you know, like we, we, we believe that, that whether you're a, a missionary parent or a missionary kid, um, you have the resources and the ability uh, to succeed at what the Lord is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're going to come alongside you and, and, yeah. and continue to equip you as best we can uh, with whatever we can, whatever information, whatever encouragement, yeah. uh, because we believe that you're worth it and we believe that you're capable, mm-hmm. you know. So let me say if you are looking for a transition, things are going to be changing for your family. We always talk about building your raft, mm-hmm. and raft is an acronym reconciliation, affirmation, farewell, and think destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of your transition tools take place before you ever leave the country. Yeah. So helping your kids exit wherever you are uh, is the best foundation for a healthy transition. So helping them say yeah. their goodbyes. And goodbyes, like yeah. who's invested in them? Sunday school teachers. Right. Um, places. Where are places that you've invested? You've, 
uh, spent time as a family. Yeah. Uh, and with the understanding, hey, we're going to go say goodbye to this place. Yeah. We're, we have a favorite restaurant. We're going to go say goodbye to that restaurant. Yeah. We're going to have this yeah. meal one more time. We're going to mm-hmm. say goodbye. Yeah. Is there someone that's invested in you that you need to affirm? You may never see them again. In this world, things change rapidly. How do we help our kids exit strong? Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. for all ages. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you get this unresolved grief mm-hmm. that can stick with you a long time. Yeah. But if yeah. you help them exit strong, it helps that whole transition yeah. process. And that's definitely the the concept of grief being a, a major factor in, in the transition experience is definitely something we'll we'll explore on a, a future episode. But you you guys have resources online for Raft specifically in transition, right? We do. Um, so we've started a webinar. Okay. So we are doing webinars uh, once a month for parents. Uh, we're launching something for MKs, which is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be sensitized. Uh, we'll only use the term TCKs, but you'll be see you'll be seeing more promos coming out for that. Um, so there are some things online. Yeah. We had a webinar with uh, someone named Lauren Wells, mm-hmm. and she wrote a book called The Grief Tower. Yeah, it's a good and, book. And uh, please jump on the website. We've yeah. got um, we've got a, a page on our website tcki.org that's closed. You have to have a password to access yeah. it. But if you would like to listen to or see that webinar, uh, I can send you yeah. a password. We're keeping all of our webinars online and it's password protected, but you have access to all of them. Yeah. And those are great tools. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if we can maybe link it in the, the mm-hmm. show notes or something and make sure you have access to that. But we, we so appreciate oh, you coming you. on. Yeah. Uh, this is I feel like there's so much more we can continue <laughs> to unpack and share. But to hear your own experiences and your own journey and what God has taught you and, you know, that you've been able to use not just as a, a missionary parent <laughs> to MKs, but also as a leader to our AGWM family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just really special to, to hear oh, all of that you. and how God uses that and to see firsthand. You know, I, I remember meeting you in high school, <laughs> um, however long ago that was, you know, and so... I'm just so thankful for everything you've done to invest in me and not just as an MK, but as an adult. So we're, we're so grateful for you you. and MKs. We love you. We're cheering you on last question. As we close, we ask, we're asking all of our guests. Uh So just to leave things on kind of a fun note, what would be, I know you've traveled and you've done a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So what would be a bucket list experience or country that you would like to have in LAC. So I have two okay, in LAC sure. that I have never been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is Brazil, which really? is which is funny because when one. I was in college, I did a paper on Bernard Johnson. Oh, I studied yeah, his yeah. his crusades and all that. Wow. Did a paper on that because I felt God was calling me into missions. Mm. And at the time, I thought maybe I was going to Brazil. So I'm like, well, wow. let's study up on mm. the revival that's happening yeah, there. Yeah, cool. Yep. So someday I like to make it to Brazil. And then on a more fun personal note, uh, Turks and Caicos. Oh yeah, yes. Mm. I mean, who wouldn't want I mean, to go there? <laughs> it, from what I hear, they have beaches. Yeah. And uh, Darwin Pre- and I, we like pretty beaches. Pretty okay yeah. so, beaches too, from what I hear. <laughs> we actually did our honeymoon in Aruba, which is oh, nice. LAC. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I went there, I had no idea that it was a former Dutch-speaking mm-hmm. island. So mm-hmm. I got off the airplane, 
And they had all my favorite Dutch food. Yeah, right that's uh-huh. so fun. I'll never forget. I was talking to one of the guys in the hotel in Dutch. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I turned around and talked to Dargan in right. English. And then I walked to the check-in and the guy turned to Dargan. And he's like, so is he Dutch or is he American? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that's great. That's the answer so, to that is yes. Yeah. 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 I've had tight connection with with lac but yeah turks and caicos uh we'd like to visit there and then uh brazil at some point i'd like to get Mm. down there cool Mm -hmm. very fun well thank you again we super appreciate you thank you love you guys mks we love you awesome we'll see you guys on the next episode episode five of the root tck podcast this has been episode four with buana chad uh something something chico burns chico phillips Phillips. yeah love you guys (laughs) ciao ciao